Hello and welcome to another Deep Dive episode on the Total Space Network. I'm Ryan and joining me is... I'm Mikko and today we are talking about Osiris-Rex and other asteroid missions. Okay, so we'll start off with Osiris-Rex, uh, the most important one in recent days. Um, Osiris-Rex, the actual name is Origin Spectral Interpretation Resource Identification Security Regolith Explorer. Christ, that's a, a long mouthful, that one. Thank God they called it Osiris-Rex. Um, it's a NASA asteroid study and sample return mission. The mission's primary goal is to obtain a sample test of at least 60 grams of uh, regolith from Bennu, uh, a near-Earth asteroid, and return it back to Earth for detailed analysis. Uh, the material return is expected to enable scientists to learn more about the formation and evolution of the solar system and the source of organic compounds that led to formation of early life on Earth. Uh, this one, um, go back of the history of this mission, um, it was actually launched on Atlas V all the way back on the 8th of September in 2016. Since it's uh, sample collection just in the past uh, week, it's not actually going to return to Earth until around 2023. Bennu itself is around about 510 metres in size wide or height if you like. Um, a reasonably sized asteroid that one. Um, successfully tagged Bennu on the 20th of October. A little bit harder than expected. Yeah, I think it went inside the asteroid about half a meter or so. Yeah, as I said, uh, it was it was planned to collect 60 grams of material, but one of the guys have come back and said he actually collected up to 400 grams, which a little bit more. Yeah, that's great. Unfortunately, there was a little problem. Yeah, the, uh, the samples are leaking out the uh, the lander now. Uh, well, lander or satellite, however you want to call it, because it collected. Well, collected. It actually worked too well. Um, it quite possibly picked up too much, and rocks, boulders, or whatever you want to call it, it just clogged up the actual door of the uh, the little collection sample. So they're trying to figure out how to disperse, maybe disperse some of the sample and get the little hatch closed so it can actually have a safe return. Yeah, I think I actually saw a tweet that they are already a couple of weeks ahead of time and are closing the hatch quite soon, within a week, I think. Yeah, so if need be, if they have to shed some of that sample material, I don't think it would be too much of an issue, I imagine. I think they said they've already lost five to ten grams of it um, due to the little minor problems I've had of trying to close that hatch. Yeah, that sounds like it's, it's going to have enough material to do some studies on Earth. Yeah, and this one uh, was actually developed by Lockheed Martin, um, who I've been involved with a lot of projects uh, lately, and they're actually one of the uh, guys that uh, are part of the double team at Form ULA, along, alongside Boeing. Yeah, and Probably the mission launched on a ULA rocket. Yeah, yeah, it launched, launched on the atmosphere, as, as I said earlier on. Absolutely uh, unbelievable rocket. The Dominator, as uh, Tori always calls it. <laughs> yeah, Tori is a fun guy. But uh, like, we, like we mentioned in some previous episodes, um, talking about Mars, talking about the moon and everything like that, um, hopefully gets some really good promising samples from uh, Bennu in the materials that's essentially the seeds of life from uh, asteroids that came in there, guess. Yeah, it could give, give us a real view on how the solar system looked millions or actually billions of years ago. Yeah, sure. And there's, there's been various other um, satellites and missions 
um, regarding deflections and stuff like that and samples. One of the main ones coming up in the next year or so um, for asteroid redirection is the DART project. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So DART, double asteroid redirection test. Uh, it's a mission planned that will demonstrate the kinetic effects of crashing an impactor spacecraft into an asteroid moon for planetary defense purposes. The mission is intended to test whether a spacecraft impact could successfully deflect an asteroid on a collision course with Earth. Sounds like a pretty small satellite to actually alter course of an asteroid. Yeah, yeah, because the satellite weight of it's only 500 kilograms from what I've seen, and this asteroid that they're intending to hit is in the region of 150, 160 meters wide, something like that. So it'd be kind of like driving your little, well, what I got, what you call a Mini Cooper, if you're familiar with like a little small two door car, if you like, essentially driving that into a, a massive massive asteroid that weighs tons hundreds thousands of tons god knows how much it's incredible <laughs> <laughs> yeah the difference is that it's gonna have a quite a lot of speed going uh, six kilometers per second yeah and when they hit the asteroid they're trying to just make it ever so slight small change in trajectory of the asteroid so over time over months years it'll lead to a large shift in the past and that uh, asteroid that it's planned to hit is Dimorphos, I think it's called. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> What's its earlier name, Didymos B? Yeah, there's two. There's the larger one, which is, I forget how big it is, but uh, the main um, target at the moment is, is the B one, which is only 160 meters in size. So I believe the other one's around about 780 metres, which is a bit more of a giant compared to that little one. So I thought, I think by the looks of it, they're going to go for the easy target at the moment. Yeah, they would probably need quite a bit bigger uh, spacecraft to alter that asteroid's course. Yeah, and also on the, uh, the that uh, DART project, there's actually two small CubeSats um, from the Italian Space Agency that will piggyback on the DART mission and they will separate uh, shortly before the impact to acquire images and other ejecta that drift past the asteroid. So there's a slight chance that we might actually see, whether they disclose it or not, uh, actually see that uh, impact on the asteroid. Yeah, that's possible. I, I don't think we'll get the live view, but I hope we get at least a few images taken of the impact. Yeah, it's one of those promising uh, projects the dark mission because we've all watched one of the movies deep impact and all the other end of the world movies there asteroid heading towards earth what we're going to do blow it up deflect it do this do that it's, it's kind of one of those projects it's quite exciting really just to see if, is it actually possible to move this gigantic lump of rock just slightly just so it's we can deflect it and move it on a different path yeah that's really interesting to see and many of the movies are quite wrong trying to nuke the asteroids because if you explode the whole asteroid it's just going to be another it just creates like um loads of separate smaller asteroids that could potentially create a bigger problem it could just split split the asteroid in two and create a double whammy effect so rather than it just hitting the pacific ocean it could end up hitting central america and central europe as it splits in two or something like that so it just creates a end of the entire world situation not just part of it 
Yeah, that's one possibility. But I actually read uh, a paper that discussed that the asteroid could actually come together again due to gravity. So the asteroid would eventually be almost the same, but with radiation. Yeah, because it only has to be within a certain area and it'll just bring itself back together within reason. Yeah. The mission is supposed to be launched on a Falcon 9 rocket in July 2021, and it should impact the asteroid in October 2022. So a relatively short journey to the uh, the asteroid there, isn't it? I think the fuel for that one, it's actually using like a, like a solar-powered ion thruster of some sort, which is quite interesting to uh, gain that uh, high-velocity speed. Yeah, some kind of next ion thrusters that are a type of solar electric propulsion and it will be powered by 22 square meter solar arrays to generate the needed power. The name of the engine is NASA Evolution Xenon Thruster Commercial Engine Next C. Yeah, yeah, because those ion thrusters are pretty much used on most satellites and everything and some uh, deep space satellites as well. Um, to what extent their capability is, we're still not quite sure because uh, they're testing a lot of the newer versions of the ion thrusters on the on the mysterious X-37B from uh, Boeing. Yeah, they also used those, not maybe the same, but similar ion thrusters on Osiris-Rex spacecraft. So that made the mission possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And another asteroid hunting uh, one, if you like, uh, Lucy. Lucy is one of the few asteroid missions to come within a few years. Lucy is the first mission to the Trojan asteroids, and they are time capsules from the birth of our solar system more than 4 billion years ago. The swarms of Trojan asteroids associated with Jupiter are thought to be remnants of the primordial material that formed from the outer planets. Trojans are located around the two Lagrange points, equidistant from the Sun and Jupiter. At the Lagrange points, the gravitational forces of the two large bodies cancel out in such a way that the small object placed in orbit there is in equilibrium relative to the center of mass of the large bodies. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, the that area is a lot where a lot of the asteroids uh, within reason orbit in in that uh, in that area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, in this mission, there's also a main belt asteroid that Lucy will visit. Yeah. Most of these Trojan asteroids, they are going to stay in orbit of Jupiter. I would think some of those may become dangerous to Earth as well. Yeah, yeah. And again, these are vital clues to deciphering the history of the solar system, like we've seen with Bennu. I mean, even similar similar to the Moon, they might have similar materials on there, because essentially they're all made up from the early materials of the universe and our solar system, but uh, perhaps even the origins of organic material on Earth and everything. The mission takes its name from the uh, fossilized human ancestor named Lucy, whose skeleton provided unique insight into humanity's evolution. Likewise, uh, the Lucy mission will revolutionize our knowledge of planetary origins and the formation of the solar system. 
Yeah, it's nice to see them uh, name the missions after some of our forefathers. You quite often see that um, with a lot of missions, don't you? Which is just kind of lots of history and inventors and scientists alike. Yeah. So Lucy will launch in October 2021 aboard an Atlas V-401 rocket. And its journey to eight different asteroids will take a total of 12 years. And one of these is a main belt asteroid and other seven are Trojan asteroids. And the first encounter is scheduled for 2025 and the latest for 2033. So by that time, I think we would hopefully be on Mars or at least some humans. <laughs> and a few more wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the interesting thing about this launch is that uh, SpaceX filed a protest with the government accountability office over the that award. Um, they're arguing that it could have launched the mission forces significantly less than the 148 million value that ULA contract got. Um, ULA argued that it uh, provided schedule assurance needed for that mission that must launch within that 20, 20 day window to it to actually get to uh, where it needs to go. SpaceX dropped the uh, protest eventually, but uh, looking at things today, I do think uh, SpaceX would have a problem with that uh, 20 day window because they're quite efficient now. But uh, on the ULA side, I would have seen red if uh, this was on a Delta IV heavy rocket, but uh, very luckily it was on that uh, Atlas V. It's, uh, it's been absolutely outstanding since day one, really. Yeah, yeah, it has been. <laughs> But as we've seen with Enrol 44, Delta IV Heavy shouldn't be used for these kinds of missions. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll, I'll say it again. Um, Delta rocket's getting retired next year. I'm assuming there's probably underlying problems with that rocket. Um, that's why the Atlas V's taken over, because the Atlas V's been modified with Vulcan, the Vulcan Centaur rocket technology. Within reason, although the Atlas is older, it actually has newer technology than the Delta rocket. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's a good way to test everything out before actually going to launch with the Vulcan rocket. Yeah, in terms of the Lucy mission itself, Miko, um, can you tell tell everyone what the mission will actually be doing itself? Is it like surveillance mission or like uh, actually collecting kind of samples? No, this doesn't have any sample returns, so it's just going to fly by every every of those eight asteroids and do science. Yeah, yeah, I, assume, I assumed that, but I was just at the back of my mind because we've seen a few sample collection ones that are like, are they collecting a sample? <laughs> yeah, I think the next, next sample collecting mission would be from Mars because they are supposed to return the samples that the Mars Perseverance rover will collect. Jumping from uh, the most metal rocket, the Delta IV Heavy, that sets itself on fire, um, to jump into a, a very metal planet, um, or asteroid if you like, or body of sorts. Um, this is the Psych mission, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the Psych mission is going to the asteroid that's named 16 Psyche. And what's unique about it, it appears to be an exposed nickel iron core of an early planet, one of the building blocks of our solar system. So it, it's interesting to think, could there have been another Earth or another gas giant and this may be its core? 
it does make you think like if that was the core of a planet relatively nearby where we are within reason it's just like what the on earth happened to its surface if, if it did have one because if you imagine our center core solidified as like a, a solid metal or of some sort or turned into a just a solid body imagine like what happened to the surface did it get obliterated by an incredibly large asteroid did the moon eventually deorbit and hit earth and obliterated it or what it's just incredible to think what might have happened yeah indeed i i, I really have no idea what would have happened to it have you heard that mercury could be gas giant's core there has been some papers about that and it could have been another jupiter-like planet yeah there's, there's loads of theories out there isn't that um some some more solid than others but uh, it's another one of those things um we just won't know until we send more missions there really a bit like uh, venus and many others that's there's been so much focus on mars moon everything else have been some things have been overlooked really yeah yeah so the important thing about the Psyche mission is that uh, we really can't reach Earth's core, so we will get uh, real good data from Psyche. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's uh, just more information. Yeah, and it's really something different to other asteroids. Uh, I mean, instead of the usual rock and ice asteroids, comets, this is the metal world, so it's really interesting to see how it looks. I think the orbiters should have some heavy metal tunes for the journey. Yeah, so that uh, the Psyche mission will actually launch um, August 2022 on a Falcon Heavy rocket. I wonder what that configuration will be. It'll be quite interesting. Any guesses to that? Um, the launch contract was 117 million, so I guess all boosters recovered from that one, maybe. Yeah, that. Sounds plausible because the price of the Falcon Heavy with all recoverable configuration is about 95 million. So SpaceX can't really put the price much lower than that. Yeah, and for a heavy lift rocket, that's an absolute steal, really, when you think about it. Um, yeah, so that uh, the Atlas V will cost in the region of 110 million for the Osiris Rex mission that's just recently been gone. So to consider that the Falcon Heavy will only cost 117 million is quite staggering, really, because that's actually going to be made up of three large centre cars. Um, it's quite impressive the cost. Yeah, yeah, indeed. The Psyche orbiter will take about three and a half years to reach the shiny asteroid, and it's going to arrive in January 2026, uh, and it will complete a Mars Gravity Assist in 2023. And the orbiter is expected to do science just under two years, but with NASA's history with the spacecraft, I wouldn't be surprised to see it alive in 2030s. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, uh, it's, it's quite disorientating, because you always see all these missions, and then it's like two or three, five, six, seven years in the future. Biggest winner here is probably the Voyager missions, going about 40 years. <laughs> but the value of minerals on 16 Psyche is bonkers. It's said to be 700 quintillion dollars. Uh, that's enough to give everyone on the planet about 93 billion dollars. And I wouldn't really be surprised to see asteroid mining in Psyche within a couple of decades. 
Yeah, yeah. Just to backtrack a little bit, I've read about this before, so this uh, this mission and a few of the others. It's quite intriguing that um, it's the core of very early planets and stuff like that. Um, like something must have just severely drastic must have happened to it, theoretically, if that was true and everything. Just to bounce back on our multi multi-planetary side of things that we've been looking at recently as well um it's obviously be a, a key target for once we're at mars and everywhere else yeah definitely first it will be moon and mars and then the next thing is probably gonna be some asteroid yeah definitely um but it'll be a key mining like like you say just backtracking a bit there just that amount of minerals there at what seven seven hundred quadrillion dollars it's just like you just can't even fathom that amount of money in real life <laughs> yeah i think it's quite a bit more than everything worth on earth definitely definitely and that's this that amount of money just from that one source that's not including minerals that might be found on the moon minerals that might be found on mars and elsewhere yeah yeah just puts it into perspective the amount of potential metals and materials we can harvest from out in space but then it's kind of like asking the question we've already ruined the ground we live on where we are are now it's what what we're going to do with the universe (laughs) Yeah, I think asteroid mining should be limited to building in space that the materials wouldn't come back to Earth. Yeah, yeah. I think we've got recently got um, the Hayabusa stuff returning soon, haven't we? In the next, uh, I think, 70, 70, 75 days or so. so. Hayabusa was a robotic spacecraft developed by Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency or JAXA to return a sample of material from a small near-Earth asteroid named Itokawa. Hayabusa was launched in May 2003 and rendezvous with Itokawa was in 2005. And after arriving, Hayabusa studied asteroid shape, spin, topography, color, composition, among other things. And in November 2005, it landed on the asteroid and collected samples in form of tiny grains of asteroid material, which were returned to Earth aboard the spacecraft on June 2010. But I think the sample collected was so small that they decided to do a second mission. Yeah, yeah, they've done like a second backup mission. Um, there's two missions, and um, one of them's due back in the next uh, 70 days or so. So, Osiris Rex, Hayabusa, there's been many other missions um, collecting samples from uh, asteroids and everything. So, NASA aren't the only ones doing it. There's uh, obviously guys in China, Japan doing all that stuff, and uh, other, other countries around the world. I believe the ESA launched a few uh, missions as well. Yeah, they did. I think there was Rosetta that didn't end up too well. And even this year, China is going to send a lander to Moon for a sample return mission. Yeah, yeah. And I believe the Russians are developing some sort of craft to A, land on the Moon, and B, collect their own samples on asteroids and everything like that. So I believe they're a little bit behind, but um, everyone's getting involved with all that stuff now. Yeah, totally. Okay, guys, thanks for listening this week on this week's Deep Dive. I'm Ryan. And I've been Mikko. And don't forget that you can send us questions directly from the Anchor website. The address is anchor.fm slash totalspace 
slash message. See you guys in an, another episode. See you guys soon. Thank you very much.